welcome to another episode of Whiskey and Mash. to another episode. I am Chris Pullman. And I am Gloria Ackerman. And this is Whiskey and Mash. This week we'll be giving you a uh, 10 cent origin, so to speak, on uh, Captain BJ Honeycutt. We'll be reviewing the season one episode 21, Sticky Wicket, and also season one episode two, Major Fred C. Dobbs. Uh, first then, let's talk about Captain B.J. Honeycutt. Played by Mike Farrell. He came in to replace um, Wayne Wayne Rogers. Yeah, right? Trapper Don. Uh, at the beginning of season four. So in terms of Hawkeye's other half in the swamp, he had the much longer run. Definitely. Yes. It, it says in um, the book that I'm reading, Honeycutt is a husband every woman dreams of and a friend every man wishes he had. He is compassionate doctor, faith-filled husband, loving father, supportive, unjudgmental friend, witty, amusing, com- a witty, amusing companion and concerned humani- human human <laughs> yeah. humanitarian. Okay. Thank you. There we go. It's the whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it tastes good tonight. <laughs> He's got all the qualities that we as Americans love to invest in our ideal man. Yeah, he's a, f- uh, a father. He has a daughter back home. Aaron. Aaron, who we see a couple of times uh, from a couple of different movie clips that his wife sends over. His wife, Peg Honeycutt. Um, he's wholly dedicated to her. Um, so in... In contrast to Trapper John, BJ is, yeah, a very family-oriented man. You know, he only one time does he become unfaithful to his wife, and then it's it's situational. I think it was more unfaithful thoughts. I don't think it was a. Because see, I thought he actually did. I thought it was just unfaithful thoughts. Mm. Which to him was the same thing. Yeah, no, definitely so to him it it's the same thing. So I think it kind of leaves thing. you wondering. Okay. We'll have to. We'll have to see. I mean, see. that that's coming up in a few seasons, but um, you know, he is completely faithful compared to Trapper and Hawk. Actually, mm-hmm. you know, there's an episode where a war correspondent comes in and she is very infatuated with BJ, but he's married, and he mentions something about. Um, Peg is his like life preserver. She's his tie that keeps him steady, and so. But this girl was very persuasive. A well, beautiful, beautiful. Well, the war, the war correspondent. Yeah, she kept trying, but then in the end, she finally realized. accepted that, and right. she made a sketch of BJ, and it had like a uh, life ring around him, and it was tied back to San Francisco, which is where his wife. Where his wife is, um, his wife and daughter. Uh, I I just really enjoyed when I was reading about um, mm-hmm. Will Ferrell. I was reading. He said uh, his character and him were two different people, but the same. Mm. He said it was so much of me. 
except the media kept portraying him as this god, this above human person. And he said, one time they came to his home and they were interviewing him. And in the background, he heard his daughter yell, Daddy, I'm done. Come wipe me. And he realized, you know what? There's nothing more humbling than your (laughs) child (laughs) meeting you in that way. And he realized, I'm finished with interviews. And he didn't do any more interviews because of Mm. the questions that they would give him and things were all making him look so much better than he really was. Hmm. He felt. Okay. So I never heard that. I just thought that was interesting. Sure. Yeah, so he was a lot like his character. Mm-hmm. Where mm. he was just a good, good guy. All yeah. around good guy. But a jokester. Yeah. Oh, no. Which he, you see in many episodes. Yeah, he is a worse prankster than Trapper or Hawkeye could ever be. Because uh, you'd never know it was him who was doing it. Yeah, there's an episode where he gets everybody else in on the prank, and he pulls off the ultimate prank on Hawkeye. Um, We see BJ really grow as a character, too. Um, Both in terms of just his physical character and then, I think, his character on the show. I mean, literally, he comes in green off the plane. You know, Hawkeye and Radar pick him up at the airport in Seoul and bring him back to MASH. And... On his way back in that episode, uh, they're... He encounter, um, encounters war. He yeah, encounters yeah. They're basically uh, in the middle of a, of a quick fight with, uh, like, a platoon. And um, he go, him and Hawkeye are running around trying to do some triage on the battlefield. Hawkeye tells him, that guy's gone, that, trap, or that uh, BJ's about to help. And he says, well, we got to try, don't we? He turns him over, looks at his like his abdomen, his chest, puts him back down, skitters away, and then you just see him dry heaving. Right. So he's completely green, he's shaven, but then we see him end up growing a mustache in the right. series. Got a motorcycle. His hair grows out longer. He ends up with this, I don't know what to call it, that, that hat that he starts wearing. It's, oh, yeah. I mean, there's a picture of it in there, I think. It's this sort of styrofoamy looking uh, flat top. Oh, no, okay, yeah. So it's like a straw like hat. Like a straw hat. With... Flat topped straw hat, and it just has stuff hanging off of it. It, It's very wacky, very... I don't know how to describe it. You've, you've just got to look up a picture, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that'll come up, but it's a very kind of loose look. You know, he definitely grows into being part of M.A.S.H. Um, that actually is one of my favorite episodes, his first episode joining mm-hmm. M.A.S.H., because that's where they made the corporal... Corporal, uh, corporal captain, captain. Yeah. <laughs> out of radar, mm-hmm. and we've talked about that before, and I'm sure we will talk about it again. But I, I absolutely love. We, they steal a jeep. Well, mm-hmm. we'll we'll talk about that one later. But yeah, yeah, he comes in green, leaves, pretty seasoned. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, he is a very committed family man. We see that time and again. Uh, during one episode, he's there uh, in. Korea over his anniversary and everybody in MASH really wants to help him not feel so alone so they come up with this plan where Hawkeye uh, 
audio tapes him telling about what he would do on their anniversary and then they send that back to Peg and then Peg uh, puts together some movie clips and overlays it with BJ's voice and it's actually really sweet. Oh, I can't wait to get to that. Yeah. Um, and you know, he, there's a line here in the MASH wiki that I use and it's uh, the episode where he is unfaithful, at least in his mind, to his wife and he's talking to Hawkeye and he says, I'm a happily married man. Not like Frank Burns is happy because his wife owns real estate. Um, and you hear more than once out of him, he says, I'm passionately, deeply in love with my wife. What a great, to be passionately and deeply in love with your life partner. What a, mm -hmm. what a gift. Yeah. Um, a few interesting things. Uh, there is an episode where BJ kind of says that he can't be silly anymore. I think he still is after it, but it definitely, it's part of that growing as a character. He's out in the field in a chopper trying to help a soldier who needs immediately, immediate medical attention, and a fellow soldier is there. Well, they load up the wounded guy, and then they're like ambushed. And so this other soldier comes and he's trying to climb up the rope to the helicopter and the chopper pilot says, that's too much weight. You got to cut him loose. You got to <sighs> cut him loose. And uh, so BJ ends up having to cut the rope. And that makes it back up to HQ and he gets the bronze star for bravery in the field because I think it's the chopper pilot uh, puts in the commendation. But... And he says for cutting someone loose. And, you know, he doesn't know what happened to that guy. He might have become a POW or been KIA in the field, but it affects him deeply. And the other thing that affects him deeply, just like with Trapper, is kids in Korea. Um, he actually adopts and sends home one child, doesn't he? No, I know that or Trapper... Or he tries to. Trapper tries to. I think BJ actually was successful, might, I thought. I don't think either of them are actually successful, but I know that they're, that same sort of story works its way into Mike Farrell's run, where um, I think he does try to adopt a young Korean boy. But, yeah, he uh, he helps around in the Korean villages. Mm-hmm, yes. And uh, does everything he can to help the locals. Um, I know there's one you episode. See him delivering calves and mm -hmm. yeah. There's one episode where he's helping one family as much as he can. Uh, the Papa San, the father, has pneumonia, so he's getting him uh, medication. He's helping uh, rebuild their shack and try and make it better. And he's out there constantly just trying to help. And then the war comes a little too close, and so then they, the family moves. And he starts, you know, that really affects him in that episode. It's like, well, if we can't save them, who can we save? And, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just an all-around nice guy. Gotta yeah. love him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's uh, not in yet. He will be joining us for... Season, season four, season episode four? one. 
Now, the one really neat thing that I saw at the end of this wiki that I want to use as a wrap-up here. During production of MASH, Mike Farrell met Dr. Patch Adams, who served as a technical consultant on the show. Farrell later produced the biopic Patch Adams, which starred comedian My actor Adam. Robin Williams. I didn't know that. Right? Interesting. Yeah. Yes, I love that movie. Me too. Right. I, I, I haven't seen it in years. Yeah. I need to really confirm that, but yeah, I mean, it's awesome. Right. If, you know, he, he cured through humor. Yeah. And great, great movie. Wow. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to watch that again and yeah. check the credits. So, yeah. I, you know, aside from Hawkeye, I think uh, BJ is probably one of my favorite characters. It depends, you know, because one day radar mm. is, and then mm. I, I, I change with the wind. <laughs> but so I love everyone. And yes. Okay. All so right. With that, uh, episode twenty-one, Sticky Wicked. Do you Sticky want to? Sticky Wicked. Sure. I'll. Okay. Um, Hawkeye moves out of the swamp over a patient gone sour, while Frank rubs salt into his wounds because Hawkeye's talked about Frank's ability as a surgeon. Um, and he spends the episode just mulling over the fact that he can't cure this, this young man. Um, and everyone keeps asking him about this. So that's pretty it. Pretty much what it's about. Mm -hmm. Um, Frank really tries to be a, a, a friend. You know, he says, why do you keep humiliating me and he says because you're a bad surgeon you're not good at what you do mm -hmm. and I think it really hurt you um yeah I'm trying to remember where that is in the episode um but yeah again Margaret is calling General Clayton to tell on Hawkeye because he won't apologize to Frank well he said I can't apologize it just mm. won't come out of my mouth Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. At the beginning of the episode, we start off in OR, and Hawkeye's really giving Frank the business. They're working on the same patient, and so he's just tearing him a new one. And then after that, they're in um, the mess tent, and he keeps going at that. To be fair, Frank asks him, yes, what do why? you really think about my surgical skills? And Hawkeye is just really <laughs> unflattering to Frank, but that's why Margaret... And she feels like he publicly humiliated Frank, so he mm. wants... A, she, Margaret wants a public apology from Hawkeye to Frank. Mm -hmm. uh, and it wasn't about to happen, but during all of this, Hawkeye is finding out that his patient is not recovering. He has a high mm. fever. Um, just not recovering. He can't figure out what he did wrong. Mm -hmm. um, at one point, Frank makes a comment to Hawkeye that is really poorly considered, and it was... Um, I'm trying to find it. Uh, I haven't killed anyone this week. What about, about you? you? Oh, yeah. That cut right through. I mean, that that's just a poor comment. I mean... Especially since he didn't know where his pa Hawkeye didn't realize where his patient was. In terms physically. of recovering, yeah. Right. But, I mean, Frank was very much of, you know. Th this but they're was, always picking on Frank. Yeah. Because Hawkeye had said, too, why don't you let that cut under your nose heal? Yeah. 
which I thought was hilarious. And yeah. When you think about it, it's not funny. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, some things that I really liked about this episode, one of them was when Margaret comes into the colonel's office to demand action, um, Radar has to come and get... Poor Colonel Hen Potter. Yeah. Blake. Blake, yeah. Blake, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to get Henry, and uh, he's just about to lay down to a nap, and Radar gets him up, and Henry says, All right, Radar. This is because uh, Radar relates that she's threatening to go over Henry's head to General Clayton, and Henry says, All right, Radar, this is what I want you to do. You go in there, you, you brace yourself, you look into those steely cold eyes of hers and you tell her I'll be right, right. there <laughs> um, Radar has to wake up uh, the colonel a lot he also yeah. won $803 playing poker yeah and uh, comes into the colonel's tent can you watch this sir <laughs> you're waking me up for that yeah. it's $803 exactly um, but he he's winning a lot in poker in this episode and uh, the second time when he wins all that money Hawkeye isn't playing because he's so consumed with this patient when he moves out of the swamp and I think he's in the supply tent um, and actually I thought of this the reason that there's a bed made up in there the bed probably gets a lot of use Oh, not for supplies, though. No. Because <laughs> oh, they go to the supply tent a lot when they are amorous. Yes, because <laughs> it's a nice private place. Right, because every time uh, you hear someone, that's the first thing they say is, let's go. Yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah, so that's probably it why probably there's a bed there. It does get a lot there. of use. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I... I bet it's not a supply. <laughs> More like a standard piece of equipment. Anyway, um, that's where Hawkeye's bunking up just because he needs quiet. And he's he's trying to think about his patient and figure out what's going on. Um, he has a date with a nurse that he turns down. Then you know something's up. Then you wrong. know something's up. Um, Henry Blake comes in at that point, And I really love something Henry says, which is, you know, you're losing your perspective. You can't do that with a patient here. Once the war is done, you can go home and cherry-pick patients that aren't going to go sour on you. Here, here, you have to maintain your, uh, your, he doesn't say it, but, you know, your professional detachment. And uh, Hawkeye's like, you're right, Henry. And then he kind of, he goes outside kind of renewed. And this is something I'm not a big fan of in the episode, Margaret comes up to him and she's trying to be supportive and say what could you know she's what trying to problem be? shoot with right. him and he won't he's just yeah even after that little talk with Henry he just flips the switch back and he's very gruff with Margaret and saying you know just just leave me alone just you know what I was driving on the table you, you were, were just assisting, assisting. just Leave me alone. Both episodes that we are talking about tonight, mm -hmm. Margaret kind of loses her confidence in. Mm. If you look at both episodes, and normally I'm the first to say that Margaret is a very strong, confident woman. That's how mm -hmm. I would describe her. But the two episodes that we're, that we're talking about tonight, mm 
either one of them she is not the Mm. normal Mm -hmm. she takes more of the regressive role yeah more of a yeah yeah a submissive a submissive role yeah but um eventually hawkeye does wake up realizes that's probably it and it was something margaret had said which is another part of i don't really like how that interaction played out um which i'll also add it was the 50s or well two things one it that it was that so like in the next episode that makes a little more sense but there are scenes on the dvds that didn't make it to tv so i'm really hoping that when they played this uh, on network television, that scene was cut out because it's only like a minute, minute and a half. Oh, okay. So I'm really hoping it was cut out. Um, I don't know, but that's my least favorite scene out of the whole episode. But you know, he and knowing w- Hawkeye, it would be that's not character right no, for him. No, exactly. But he also was in a very confused state. Yeah, and he has those moments. But yeah, right. he he wakes up, he figures out what he thinks it is. He goes and wakes up. Margaret. Bang. First person he goes to though is, is her. Margaret. Yeah. Right. You're assisting me. Um so it is in that way it is kind of an admission from that earlier scene. And that it was, she was cute because then he went to the closet and said, I'll have a right back, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Frank's just sitting in the closet. In the closet. <laughs> <laughs> he must have dived in there. Cause... Yeah. Um but then something else I like is they are in the operating room, they're opening the kid back up, he's going through and he figures out the problem, but Frank comes in. Says, good job. Yeah. You know, he's very compassionate um, and a friend in that moment. Frank is a buddy to Hawkeye, which I think, again, no matter their differences, which we'll see really come out in the next episode, um, they're surgeons and their comrades in arms when it really comes down right. to the clinch and when they're not in a deluge of patience which i think is where we were at the beginning of this episode that brought out that um behavior in hawkeye and in them all because whenever we see them just flooded with patience then hawkeye's angry at frank and frank isn't and they're just all exploding all across the operating room um some other interesting things that i saw in this episode ugly john is in it again Mm mm-hmm um, so he makes another appearance. Uh, they used pilot footage when the casualties are coming in. Oh, yeah, that's why you said that. Yeah, if, if you watch the pilot and you watch this, it's the exact same footage. So, I mean, it makes sense. You're not going to Re- reshoot footage when you have stuff, but you can definitely tell that it's the pilot footage of casualties coming in. Um... And at the end, Captain Phillips moves in. Captain Phillips. <laughs> yeah. You were gone for two days, buddy. Buddy, we, we sold your bunk. Captain Phillips lives here now. You can't do that. <laughs> I helped name this place. I threw the first bag of garbage on the floor. <laughs> you know, there when I no... see you sitting there so cute, <laughs> martini in your hand, I can't kick you out. If you kiss me, I'll hit you. <laughs> <laughs> so... Just a joke you'll get when you watch the episode. Yeah. Anything else about that? Uh, no, that's pretty much it for that episode. It was... Other than the out-of-character moment, I, I like it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have a theme again. I no. mean, just just getting through in the day-to-day... Ugh. 
mm-hmm. of war. Of war. Yeah, I agree. All right. Then uh, episode 22, season one, episode 22, Major Fred C. Dobbs. So the basic plot of this is, um, again, there's some tension in OR. Ginger Bayless makes an appearance. Uh, Frank is tearing into her. And uh, afterward, after surgery, Hawk and Trap cheer her up. But they decide it's time to really mess with Frank. Uh, he was mean. Yeah, he was straight up mean. This was um, movie Frank Burns that we see is, you know, like in surgery. Uh, Hawk makes the comment, "Why didn't you get that shrapnel?" Frank says, "Nurse, why didn't you suction so I could see the shrapnel?" And she says, "Well, you didn't ask for it, sir." And so he, after he pulls out the shrapnel, he says to Margaret, "I never want to work with that nurse again." She's incompetent. And, and for everyone to hear. Everyone to hear, yeah. Not in private. So that's very in character for Frank Burns. It's very traditional Frank. But Hawk and Trap decide to mess with him. During his nap, right after that, they take um, a spreader. Rib spreader. Well, no, actually it's not a rib spreader. Oh, it's not? Well, that's a- it's a retractor. Okay. A surgical retractor, which they would have used to, like, physically retract ribs. But, like, a rib spreader, they yeah, actually use. Be... It's it's a crank where right. it, they set it in and they actually crank it apart and it's geared. But they still do use those in the series to spread ribs. It's just they're doing it manually, like, to right, yank to them up. Um, and also to kind of hold back organs. But they take one and they plaster cast it to Frank's arm his entire forearm like up to his elbow um so he does that Frank wakes up smacks himself on the head with it when there's a fly on his head uh he goes to see Henry Henry's in the dentist so we see a dentist in MASH I think for the first time Henry's having an issue with a tooth and uh I don't think it ever said the dentist's name though I'm not sure either Mm. but Frank says, you know, this is... I've had it up to here. <laughs> Hooks himself in the neck with the with the implement that's blasted onto his hand. He's telling Henry all the shenanigans that they've done to him. Uh, they gave him the princess in the pre-treatment where they nailed six cots together with him on top. Another night, they put hamburger in his ear and then there was a dog in the tent eating it out. And then another night, they put his hand in a helmet of warm water and well you know you know what happens there so he wants a transfer the next thing we see is radar walking in from the Korean hills with a horse and a bunch of mining equipment on it and he makes a comment that Korea is the fifth largest ex uh, producer of gold do you think that's true I'm not sure. That would be something to look up. Yeah, I'm not sure either. It would be an interesting statistic, because we couldn't really look up now if they're the fifth largest gold. Right. It would be in the 50s. But um, he holds up a bunch of gold-looking rocks, and either Trapper or Hawkeye, they're both there, say, that's that's pyrite, that's fool's gold, which is an important plot point later in the show. Radar doesn't believe me. says, no, no, this is real. Um, But... Frank's getting a transfer. He goes to tell Margaret. Hawk, Trap, and Radar put a microphone in Margaret's tent 
while they're saying their goodbyes. Um, and they're recording it, and then they end up coming back to the swamp afterward. Frank is packing, um, and they play the recording back for everyone. They put it over the camp loudspeaker, and there's a lot more than we saw in the original scene. And Margaret was not a happy camper. No. So she <laughs> goes and requests a transfer. So now um, both Frank and Margaret are getting a transfer to a different unit. Uh, Colonel Blake, in response to uh, Hawk and Trap not wanting to do anything to patch this up, put them on double duty until they can, re until they can get a replacement for Margaret and Frank. So then they decide, well, this isn't working. We've got to do something to keep them here. So they go into the dentist tent, grab Henry's gold filling, go out and get a bunch of bags of rocks, knowing that there's iron pyrite out there. And uh, they come into the tent late at night. And knowing Frank's greed. Knowing that's Frank's important greed. important, too, because yeah. he's... We talked about that, and that's important. Because, yeah, they come back in the tent with these bags of rocks and a shovel and a, a mining pick. And the funny part about that is they start saying, How much do you think we got tonight? Oh, he's not awake yet. He's still sleeping, so they dropped yep. it. They drop the shovel and the pick, and he wakes up. and, <laughs> and How much do you think? So they started all over like, so he could yeah. hear it. It was for his ears. Where should we put this? I'm putting mine under my bunk. Stop shaking it. You'll spill some. And then they put the gold, the chunk of gold for the filling down on the table that holds the still for Frank to find. So then they leave to go to the latrine. Frank gets up, finds the gold, bites it. He finds out it's real. And then he decides, well, I need to go find this gold in the hills because he's greedy. So he grabs the pick from radar, goes out, does some night digging and mining, and he also finds a bunch of iron pyrite. pyrite. So then he comes back in, wakes up, the, well, the colonel's up, he goes into his tent, and he's just covered in dirt, because he was a, he was in the middle of this obviously big hole that he had dug. I mean, it was about four feet deep and like six feet wide. Um, and says, I want to stay. Frank, I just lost a feeling. Every time I <laughs> suck in a breath, it's a new experience in pain. Crack. Uh, and then Frank steps on the filling. The colonel says, are you sure you want to stay, Frank? Absolutely, positively. I'm yours forever. I've had better thoughts going to sleep. <laughs> and then uh, Frank goes to talk to Margaret the next day, saying, you know, we aren't leaving. We've got to stay. But why, Frank? Why? Go ahead and cry, Margaret. Because I'll wipe your tears dry with gold. gold. A gold claw. Yeah. What? There's gold out there, Margaret. Enough for us to be rich. And Margaret immediately knew what was going on. She, yeah. As soon as he said Hawkeye and Trapper. Well, he didn't even say Hawkeye and Trapper. Well, he, he just mentioned it, he and she's like, I smell a rat. rat. No, make that two rats. And so then he's taking her out to show her that there's real gold out there and here comes radar into camp with the horse he's wearing gilded glasses all the equipment on the horse that's metal is gilded 
Slim Frank runs out, and they get to the spot. That's what it's called when they you gilded gold something. It's yep. called gilded. Yeah, oh, okay. gilded. I never heard that. Okay, yep. cool. Yeah, like Every... a veneer of gold over top. That's okay. A, yeah, it's gilded. Gilded. Um, they get out to the spot, and it looks like somebody basically just dumped a paint can on the ground. See, Margaret, gold, and, and she. This... She starts to sit down, and then there's an announcement over the PA speaker, which Guess is what's gold, which the is PA. also painted. And then, uh, as that announcement is going on, which is making fun of Frank and Margaret, uh, Hawk and Trap ride by in a jeep that's also gilded, gold. and uh, Margaret just sits down and puts her head in her hands. And <laughs> Frank is still looking really confused. He still thinks it's real. I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I just I, I just marked down on my paper. The show ended in a golden note. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, it's to kind of foreshadow that. When they come up with this scheme, um, one of Hawkeye Trapper makes a comment, well, it worked on radar because he's not very bright. Yeah, but Frank Burns isn't a lot brighter. Uh. Um, but yeah, then it ends, and Hawk and Trapper are trying to make amends with Frank, which makes a lot of sense that over this two-story arc. Um, you know, It's like, we'll never make fun of you again, Frank. We're sorry. Oh, okay. then comes my... And so then... Hawkeye goes to shake Frank's hand and then pulls him in and pulls him down and, and starts him. and dips him and starts kissing him and Margaret right is, Margaret's going, Hey, hey <laughs> Hawkeye pokes his head up. You wait your turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's and pretty good. Laura had mentioned, do you think that was um Oh improv. Improv. Because I, Frank truly did look surprised. Like, I, this was not scripted. I kind of hope so. <laughs> I, I do, too. I think they did a lot of that kind of thing. You know, improv, and they just yeah. went with it and left the cameras going because I, it worked. Well, and just like... Um, it was totally surprised, to Frank, yeah. I think. Either that or he's a really good actor. Yeah, and actually, you know, watching this through this time and looking for details... Um, I can see times where things are scripted and where, like, the handoff of the prop didn't quite go right. So they... Because, like, um, in this episode, when Radar comes in to wake up Hawk and Trap for their double shift, he shifts the pick. He had it in his right hand, which is his good one for the screen. And he shifts it into his left hand that he uses to shake Hawkeye awake, right? Okay. Because then Hawkeye grabs it and threatens him with it. Well, he doesn't grab it right away when he wakes up. Oh. So then there's this semi-awkward... I mean, there's a lot of other action that's covering it up, but there's this semi-awkward point where he, like, just... Like, you're yanks supposed to grab... Yeah, because Radar still has the pick, like, right near Hawkeye, and he just finally, like, grabs it. <laughs> so, it... But and yeah. Radar usually does not use his left hand on No, film. exactly. So, so I mean, you know that, that was the reason... For him to put the pick in his left hand okay. was for Hawkeye to grab it. But yeah, this one, Frank, um, what's his name, Larry Linville, did not seem <laughs> He did not prepared, seem to know, which, right. Which worked out great, because that's how Frank would be. Right. <laughs> so it worked out fantastically. If, that, if it was scripted or not, it was a very well 
done scene. And again, the only thing that bothered me in this episode, the same thing I mentioned in the last episode, is when Margaret looked at Frank when he said he was leaving, and he mm. says, why, did I do something? Did I do something to displease you? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, come on, that's so not Margaret. She doesn't care if she yeah. <laughs> displeases Frank. No, she's She'll a... just go to the next higher-up guy. Yeah, you know, it... I think that's another part of why I don't mind seeing Frank leave when he does because Margaret is starting to grow past him. And, right. You know, she is definitely leading the relationship, but then you have those moments like that where she's still trying... To, it, it seems like she's still trying to portray the submissive 50s version of what a woman should be, and that's not Margaret. Yeah, it's not Margaret, no matter how you look at it. In both of these episodes, there was little bits of yeah. not Margaret. Yeah, so, so that's definitely one aspect of this. But I think all women kind of even go through that today, though, where you don't really get your role completely. You try mm. to be this strong, strong woman, but then there's little bits of you that say, what did I do? You yeah. know, what did I do to but, make you do that? But, but you know, I'll just say that that's true for, I mean, I do that too. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we but, have. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely a societal thing. Yeah. And I think it's getting better, but yeah, that that irked me too. It's like Margaret, you're a strong person. Right. Why are you worried about what you did to make him? You didn't do anything, right? You know, and he doesn't think about it, you when he makes his decisions. No, he doesn't think. Well, how will this affect Margaret? No, he no. He thinks about how this will affect Frank or his pocketbook. Mostly, Margaret. mostly Frank's <laughs> pocketbook. Yeah, I mean that's I can't afford both a wife and an ex-wife. <laughs> Frank says that. Um, the one other thing that just was a pretty glaring inconsistency for me. We see military script being handed out and used a lot mm. in the series. In this episode, the thing that gives Hawkeye the idea to do the whole gold scheme with Frank was he was cleaning off his boot with a quarter. Now, why would he have? Why do you have civilian change? Right. I, I mean, we see guys with dollar bills over there. There's an episode where Hawkeye ends up in possession of fifteen hundred dollars in U.S. dollars, which but is insane. You know? So much more. Yeah, because it's actual money. And you have to think of the time. I remember in the '60s, my dad sending me to the grocery store with a quarter to buy him two packs of cigars. Mm-hmm. So I mean, a quarter. I don't know if you'd be cleaning your shoe with a quarter. I don't know. But. But, I mean, it's a quarter, you know. And if nothing else, it's a quarter. It's a quarter. It's a quarter in Korea during the war. I don't see him having an actual civilian quarter. And what's more, he digs into his breast pocket of his overshirt, and you can hear a lot of change jingling around. So he has more than so just... So he has more than just the quarter. So it's not like he just had a quarter... Maybe a good luck quarter yeah, or something. No. And I'm, I'm a coin collector, so now all of a sudden I want to go back and see... If it had a copper core to it. Oh. Because in the 50s, those would have been pure silver. But then they were shooting this episode in the 70s, by which point they would have started circulating copper nickel clad quarters. So now I kind of want to 
freeze frame the episode and look and, at the coin and see if it's a copper nickel clad or if they actually went out and got a silver quarter um but yeah again just they, they would have had military <laughs> that's just script. you though <laughs> that is just me but they would have had military script, script right because in an episode at least for consistency in one episode hawkeye is paymaster and he pays out like 187 dollars and 25 cents and it's all paper right it's all paper including the cents so yeah, right. that's that's my one glaring thing it was nice to see uh Ugly John and Ginger make appearances again in these episodes. I think we see Ugly John in this one at some point. Anytime they're playing cards, Ugly John is there. <laughs> yeah. Eventually that goes away. But I like right. seeing them. It's it's nice to see. Right. Except the part that Ginger played. I didn't like to see her getting yelled at by big old mean Frank. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's his it's, character. It is. Okay. So... Anything right. else on? No, I got... Uh, everything's closed up. Okay. So how about you? Everything's closed <laughs> up. That's a <laughs> surgery pun. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I'm good. So um, let's just uh, hawk our wares a little bit. Yeah. You know, the again, this is Whiskey and Mash. So if you enjoyed this episode, if somebody pointed you to us, you can find us on iTunes or via, via your favorite podcast application. You could subscribe to whiskey and mash and then you know your player can automatically download every new episode that we come up with uh, you can like us on facebook where we should be at facebook.com slash whiskey and mash let us know how you feel give us your input yeah send us a message there or email us at whiskey and mash at narclaninc.com you can head over to narclaninc.com slash whiskey and mash and all the raw MP3 files of all of our podcast episodes are available over there. So if you don't do the whole podcast thing, you can still get our episodes, download them, and put them on like an MP3 player and listen to them that way. Or uh, another way that you can find us out on the podcast application, stream feeds, etc. I know. <laughs> um, is by searching for... Uh, Gloria Ackerman, sorry, or, he's pointing no. at me. <laughs> <laughs> or Chris Pullman, and then Whiskey and Mash should come up. If you search my name, you'll also find Chris, Chris Reed's book. book, and that's where I'm reading chapters out of, right now, out of my first novel that I've written, and just trying to present it in a more consumable way for people. Because I know, like, I love to listen to podcasts on my way to work and home, and then also... Uh, Great book. book. If you're a sci-fi lover go down download his book you will love it oh thank you yes yeah i've re-edited it again so this is like my second edition uh just to try and make it a little more fluid i'm gonna try and get some representation for it hopefully publish it commercially we'll see but in the meantime you know that one too uh go over to narclaninc.com all the episodes are available there as mp3 downloads as well for that podcast and let me know what you think but uh, this is a weekly podcast, so if this is not your first episode, thank you. Thank you for coming back week after week. If this is your first episode, then I think what we'll say to you is see you next week. See you next week.